Hi, this is Andrea Harkins. Welcome to the Martial Arts Women Podcast. This podcast is devoted to martial art women who make a difference. Jackie Bradbury began martial arts just shy of her 40th birthday. She was a two-pack-and-day smoker at the time and realized she had to change her ways. She also needed to find a way to deal with a stressful job. She decided to begin martial art training with her family, and the rest is, well, history. She and her longtime husband, to whom she refers as her best friend, trained together and recently opened their own school after operating a martial art program for many years. Jackie's background includes black belts and ranks and other styles, but the best fit for her is modern Arnise. I met Jackie on social media about eight years ago when we both began our blogs, mine, the martial arts woman, and hers, the stick chick. The topics are different, but it's fair to say both are written by enthusiastic martial art women with a message. In this podcast, Jackie shares her martial art background, training, and instructors. She fills us in on her recent surgeries and why she's able to rebound faster than most thanks to her martial art mindset and training. We also discuss what it's like to train and teach with your significant other. While we didn't have a chance to chat about it in the interview, I would be remiss not to mention that Jackie is a huge Kansas City Chiefs fan and her other interests are sci-fi and fantasy geekery of all kinds, punk music, art, and even video games. Make sure you like her links and pages, as Jackie aptly states, to break up your Facebook stream full of memes, politics, and selfies. I think you'll mostly enjoy Jackie's enthusiasm and obvious true love for martial arts in today's podcast. Don't forget to check out my inspirational and how-to books, The Martial Arts Woman, Martial Art Inspirations for Everyone, and How to Start Your Own Martial Art Program, all available on Amazon. I hope these books inspire and encourage you to be the person that you want to be. Hi, Jackie. Welcome to the Martial Arts Woman podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's nice to actually like, quote, meet you after we've been friends online for, gosh, like seven or eight years now. Yeah, probably longer because, well, I know I started my blog about eight years ago, and I feel like that's when we connected. Yeah, we both um, started around the same time. So uh, my eight-year anniversary is this year. So yeah. 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 And I felt like we were kind of a triad with uh, Ando, Ando Mirazwa. Yes, uh, <laughs> exactly. He was a little ahead of us, and boy, he is so good at what he does. Oh, he, he, he sure is. I mean, he's really ahead of the game, but he's an, he's an awesome person and actually helped me so much get my blog, get my blog yeah, started. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's, he's lovely. He's a lovely person. He is just mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. Um, so... Speaking of blogs, let's start with your blog, which okay. I love the name of your blog. You know, okay. I thought I, I thought I had a catchy name with the martial arts women, but I really love your catchy name. So tell us, <laughs> tell us a little bit about uh, the name of your blog and then why you began writing a blog in the first place. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So 
Um, well, okay, it, it's catchy, first off, because it's rhyming and because I'm an Arnisadora and we, our style is well known for using sticks um, in our training. So stick chick just flows. It's, it's, it's catchy. Um, my day job is I'm a marketer. And so I knew that one was the way to go. Um, but the other part of it is that for a very long time, I was very active in the online Kansas city chiefs fandom community. And my name there was chiefs chick. So it was kind of a, of an homage to being the chiefs chick for gosh, I've been the chiefs chick for almost 20 years. So my, my custom chiefs Jersey has it on the back. So it's kind of a, a, a word that I've used for a really long time in reference to myself, mainly because I think it's irreverent. Um, I know that it was sort of pejorative to um, uh, generations before us. And I like the idea of recapturing and reframing the word into a positive. So first, where what's the website for your, for your blog while we're chatting about it? Sure. It's www thestickchick.com oh i think that sounds <laughs> pretty pretty easy to remember uh, it is and it's funny when i first started um uh in the original form of my blog my blog has undergone a transformation when i transferred hosts uh that name was not available um as a domain because it was actually owned by someone who knit because they oh. also call themselves a stick chick because of the knitting needles right yeah. So that wasn't available. Um, so I called it uh, the Stick Chick 23 because 23 is my lucky number. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't use that. That was the URL, but I didn't, I, I never used the 23 as the name of the blog. Um, and right. then uh, 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 not too long after I started blogging, probably when I decided to buy my domain after about maybe a year, um, uh, it became available. And so I've owned it ever since. So. But the stick chick is pretty easy to remember. The thing about mine, the martial arts woman, is people think, oh, it's the karate girl. The, I mean, they just right. can't remember the, exactly what it is. So you definitely have yeah. a good one there. What is your yeah. blog about? What do you write about? Well, um, I write about my uh, experience, not just in my particular martial arts style and my personal training, although that's absolutely a big theme. Um, it's it's a it's also about the wider martial arts culture in general, um, things that are peculiar to us as a subculture. Um, uh, martial arts, what is it? Uh, people will say that martial arts are like ten percent of the population at most, right? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, uh, I I think that's generous because I think that would be including people who are like sport wrestlers and stuff. Um, I think we're a very small population. And so even though we have like very different martial arts styles and traditions from a variety of cultures, um, I, it's funny how much we still all have in common, regardless of what style we do. Um, I started blogging um, because I wanted to learn how and the advice on uh, blogging and learning how to utilize social media tools and that sort of thing. Again, my day job is marketing, uh, was uh, to write about what you know. And so it was a pretty obvious thing for me to write about. Um, at the time I launched my blog, I was maybe six months into uh, being a black belt in, in uh, Process Arnese. And so it was really a, an auspicious time to start the blog and to write about all that stuff. And so um, that's how it came to be. And I've been writing it ever since, although I'll admit I've been on a hiatus for about two months. Uh, 
combination of uh, some of my, some articles are just not coming together and I have been launching our, our school. And so my, mm-hmm. my brain and my energy has been all in that. So it's been really hard to write. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do the same. I mean, I might go a month or two now without blogging. I didn't yeah. initially, you know, several days a week, but that was really for yeah. me to get it started and get it out there. I feel yeah. like once you're established a little bit, then you can kind of, you know, do yeah, it as, I, as it can. I'm hoping to get back to one fresh post a week. Um, I like the discipline of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that is, uh, and I and I think that when you do that, it's easier to keep an audience organically versus yeah. having to pay for 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 mm-hmm. an audience. Um, yeah, I mean, media. that's a whole other topic, social media. Uh, and, you know, uh, when we began, it was so easy to get people to see your, you know, it was, product. we didn't have algorithms killing yeah. us and we had Google plus, which was actually a fantastic, yeah. um, it, it, that was a fantastic social media channel for people to coalesce around areas of interest. Right. Yeah. I mm-hmm. met a lot of the people that I'm still friends with today, uh, that I, I made through the blog on Google plus. And uh, yeah. I miss that. I miss it to this day. Um, I really loved how it was able to connect people from all over the world on interests versus relationships. Okay. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about your martial art that you practice when mm-hmm. you began. And then sure. also a little bit about practicing with your husband. Okay. Um, um, so I started, I was the last person at the time. I was just my husband, my oldest daughter and I, um, my oldest daughter started in Taekwondo and my husband started training with her and I had a really stressful um, job where I worked all the time and I ate poorly. I was a two pack a day smoker. Can you believe that? Oh. Um, I, yeah, I did all that stuff. And um, a family member got sick and uh, he kind of lived a similar lifestyle. And he, uh, he was, it was, it was my stepfather and he uh, didn't change his ways. And he, he uh, got really sick and I saw that as my future. And I went, Ooh, I don't want that. So I better change my ways. So the first thing I did was quit smoking. That took about a year to work through. Um, and then I was looking to get physically active. And at the time my husband had just started, um, uh, training in Taekwondo with my daughter. Um, and he said, Hey, why don't you try this? Because I, I was an athlete as a youth, I blew out my knees, so I can't run biking. Those things are hard on me. Um, there was no good swimming program near me and going to a gym is literally the most boring thing I can think of. Um, (laughs) Picking up heavy objects and putting them down again or getting on a hamster wheel and staring in the space is just not my idea of a good time. Yeah, yeah. So he said, hey, why don't you try martial arts? I'm like, okay, well, you know, as long as I can wear red gi, because red is my favorite color. Okay. <laughs> and he laughed. All he was right. okay, because, yeah, this school was pretty was pretty um, uh, modern um, and uh, uh, fun. Uh, and so sure enough, I slapped on a red gi, stepped on a mat, and fell in love immediately. Well, I was like like two or three months shy of 40. So, you know, it was hard on me physically because I hadn't been active in a really long time, but I just relished it. I went from nothing to doing martial arts like three, four times a week. Um, And that was in um, April of uh, 2008. Uh, By, 
I count June. It had to be June because it was only just a couple months. Um, my first modern art East teacher, David Jones, walked into the school. He had just moved there and was looking for an after school care for his daughter and noticed that there were nights free at the school that there weren't any classes being taught. And he asked if he could teach. He is a uh, uh, now he's sixth on in uh, Ruku Kempo and he was a modern art East guy. And so they're like, yeah, sure, cool. So he started up um, classes and we jumped into that too. And uh, he handed me a stick and said, you know, started waving it in the air and said, do this stuff. And I was like, ooh, okay, now I've really found my passion. So you're, you and your husband, and we're going to move around a little bit when we're talking about these topics, yeah. but you sure. and your husband practice together, right? And mm -hmm. I know that you've had a martial art program and we'll get to that and a, mm -hmm. and a new school, but how is your relationship with your husband? How's the dynamic work when it comes to martial arts? Do you get along all the time? That's a question I ask yeah. a lot of husband and wife teams. I think it's sure. interesting. Well, you know, um, when we started training in Taekwondo, he was ahead of me. So he, he outranked me and there were times where, you know, he had to, do stuff from a rank point of view and I hated it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But we we started modern niece as equals. And ever since then we have been equals. Now he's gone down some paths that I haven't and I've gone down some paths that he hasn't. You know, we don't have our interest in training in the martial arts is not a, a it's more of like a Venn diagram than it is a circle. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he has things that he outranks me in and I have things that I outrank him in. There's things that I have an, an expertise in that he hasn't studied and vice versa. And so, um, you know, are we just celebrated our 31st wedding anniversary this Halloween, this past Halloween? Yeah. And um, we've been friends uh, before we even started dating. Um, and we are partners pretty much in life and we are best friends. I mean, you know how people will say, oh, we're best friends. No, no, no. We're best friends. We would hang out with each other even if we weren't romantically involved. He's awesome. Yeah. And I would hang out with him every day because he's, he's been a friend of mine for a long, long time, even outside the romantic. So in the martial arts um, aspect of what we do, um, we are able to come to consensus probably about 90% of the time. Yeah. And when we don't come to consensus, mainly because he respects me and I respect him. He respects my expertise and I respect his. And um, we're, we're more of a team. Uh, we come as a duo uh, more often than not. And um, uh, where we don't agree, um, we usually will uh, uh, negotiate out. Well, you know what? This is the way it's going to be, even if I don't like it you know, we're going to go with Kevin's call or Kevin will say, oh, you know, okay, you know, you feel really strongly about this. Um, we'll do it your way. And so yeah. we just don't have many conflicts. Uh, we truly don't. And, and when we're just not sure, we hash it out. And, and I, it, I'm hard pressed to think, you know, especially, you know, in the last maybe, you know, seven years or so, um, uh, eight years now, that, that I became a, a, a black belt in, in particular, um, that we did not find a consensus. I can't, I'm hard pressed to think of, a, of an example. I, I just yeah. don't, it just, we just do. And I think it's, I think it's because of the, the, we're equals. A lot of, a lot of husband and wife teams in the martial art world, um, it's common for like the husband to come in, get high rank, and then the wife comes in at a lower rank, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Or she, even she gets right from her husband, which has always kind of struck me as a little weird, but yeah, that's just me. Um, it's, I'm, I'm not trying to diss anybody. It's just, I just, I, I don't, Kevin doesn't give me rank. Right. <laughs> that isn't happening right. and vice versa. Right. <laughs> yeah. Let's fill in some of the, your martial art background then and rank. Uh, okay. Maybe just kind of walk through, you know, the years you started, what, practices you've had since since then you've moved around a little bit and and we'll talk about the your program and then your transition to a school setting so I know you moved around a few times and probably did a few things yeah Yeah. the great recession really uh uh did a number on me so I started training in April of 2008 um I was, uh, we started in a style called Pasaru Taekwondo, uh, which is heavy around the Memphis area. Um, you know, if you've ever, um, uh, the founder of Pasaru Taekwondo um, is the person who ran the World Black Belt Bureau. Mm-hmm. Also the guy who was connected to Elvis in Memphis. Okay. So, yeah, so our, our, our school had a picture of Elvis and the founder of Pasaru Taekwondo uh, Congaree, uh, on the wall. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we started in. Um, and then when David Jones, um, my first modern East teacher, uh, arrived in that summer, um, we started training in Ruku Kempo, um, which is basically just think of it as a fundamental karate style. Um, they're really into things like pressure points. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but ultimately it's just sort of a, a fundamental basic, not I I don't mean it basic by like modern terms I mean uh, I mean it in terms of fundamental the basics um, right the the fundamentals of right uh, of karate right it's it's very much that way um and then um uh uh, introduced me to modern arnies that's the one I fell in love with immediately Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and then um we I got laid off in December of 2008 and and uh, ended up taking a job in Las Vegas. Um, and uh, uh, in the middle of all of that, uh, was gifted uh, by finding out that I was pregnant with my second child. My kids are nine years apart. And I truly credit the changes I made in that year and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, quitting smoking, getting more healthy, eating better, sleeping better um, with our ability to have our second child. Right. So I literally yeah. found out like the like days before I moved to Las Vegas for my new job so my youngest was born in Las Vegas and while we were there I couldn't I couldn't I it was a high-risk pregnancy I was 40 so um I was 41 when Molly was born so um it was really important for uh me to do a non-high impact training so what I did was was tai chi um there was a a meetup tai chi in the park and this is where I learned about meetup which is important for later and I did tai chi and I really liked it um and uh had my daughter uh came back from my maternity leave my boss was fired that week and I was laid off the following February so that was coming I was already in talks to um to uh, get a job in Texas which is what I ended up doing and then we moved to Texas in 2010 uh, so yeah, uh, within two years, well, 18 months, I got laid off twice and moved across country twice. Um, so we yeah, settled in tough. Texas. Huh? That's tough. I said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, I really liked Las Vegas. I like Las Vegas a lot. 
Um, I think it's a terrible thing that they've been given the football team that they've been given. But other than that, um, <laughs> Vegas is awesome. Yeah. I loved living there. Um, I loved everything about it. I, I truly did. I loved Las Vegas. Um, so uh, we ended up in North Texas uh, in a uh, suburb of Fort Worth. Dallas and Fort Worth are right next to each other, but Fort Worth is a very different city. And so I lived in Fort Worth. And um, settled there. And then um, we started looking for martial arts schools. Um, while we were at Las Vegas, we never found an Arnie's person to train with, really. Um, and so we get to Texas. Um, my my teacher in Mississippi had connections to Texas, to North Texas. And there's actually a funny story about that I'll tell in a minute. And um, so we started looking for someone to train with. Um, and we ended up, we couldn't find anybody, um, you know, I get very frustrated with so many martial artists being very, very bad at marketing themselves online when it's free mm -hmm. um, to do so. Uh, it just, it, it's so frustrating. So um, uh, we ended up in a Taekwondo school um, next to us, very well-run school, excellent teachers. Um, and uh, uh, mainly it was for my daughter, but Kevin and I started doing it too, because we wanted to train, uh, earned blue belts in that style. My husband and I both did. Um, but then we just came to the realization that we just didn't want to do Taekwondo anymore. Um, it's not that there's anything wrong with Taekwondo. It's my daughter has a black belt in it. I have lots of friends who train in it. And I've got a lot of, of, of respect, uh, of people that I really respect who are absolutely ta uh, Taekwondo stylists. It just wasn't for me. Uh, I just... I can't kick like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I just can't do it. <laughs> so <laughs> what we decided to do is um, we were going to take the the uh, cost. Uh, we, we figured out the cost of this school um, would enable, we spend the same amount of money. We could go back to Memphis and train with my original modern Arnie's teacher. And modern Arnie's has a very long tradition of being taught in sort of that format of people going, seeing their teachers two, three, four times a year or being taught in a seminar format. So it's kind of traditional with modern Arnie's. Yeah. So um, the, the the day we literally the last day in this Taekwondo school, uh, one of the teachers came up to me and said, hey, you know, you do presses, right? You know, because uh, I'm not going to nerd out on that. But he said, you do presses, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Modernese. He goes, I think that guy um, does your style. And it was a guy who's visiting. Um, and it was my teacher, Mark Lynn. And um, Mark uh, had come there because one of the, he teaches Taekwondo as well. And one of the students had transferred from this school up to his school, which is about 25 minutes north. And he just mm -hmm. wanted to introduce himself and say, hey, you know, I've got the, your student is now in my school. And uh, uh, we uh, started talking and he came over the next day. He lived in the town right next to me, um, which was great. And um, uh, uh, we started training with him that week, literally November of 2010. This was right around Halloween. I'll never forget it. So uh, uh, in the meantime, you know, I told you I, I was looking for people online, you know, trying yeah. to find somebody to train. Well, there there's a, a martial arts discussion forum called Martial Talk. And it was really big in those days. And there was a guy posting on there about modernies in a town right next to me. I'm like, hey, I messaged him. Hey, are you teaching? What's going on? He never responded to me. And I didn't see him come back online. So I just figured, well, you know, you know, it's just one of those things, right? Yeah. Um, and my teacher, David, who had who had lived in the area, he did he was sending us the people who are an hour away. If you ever live in Dallas, Fort Worth, it's huge. Okay. So it just wasn't working out. Yeah. Yeah. So uh 
we meet Mark and we, and, and the, the day after it was, so it was on a Sunday, we call up my teacher and say, Hey, we're not going to have to come do this, this anymore. We met a teacher. He goes, Oh, really cool. Who'd you meet? I'm like, his name is Mark Lynn. He goes, Oh, I know Mark Lynn. I used to live two doors down from him uh, and our daughters went to the same elementary school. I'm like, you're kidding me. He goes, no, I just Crazy. forgot he was there. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> well, That's no, no, no. Good. Here's the kicker. So I've trained with Mark for a few weeks. We figure out the guy I messaged on Marshall Talk was Mark Lynn. He just oh. couldn't figure out how to respond to it. Mark is not the most technically savvy person. Okay. He just That's couldn't figure funny. out how to respond to me. So basically, the universe put Mark in front of me three times. And the third time was the charm. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And I've been training with my teacher ever since. <laughs> That's a great story. So what are some of your, what, what is your rank currently in, in the different styles? Um, right. So under my teacher, Mark, and his version of Pressus Arnis, Pressus Arnis is a blend of modern Arnis and Combaton. Uh, uh, the modern Arnis is, is from uh, 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 Remy Pressus, uh, mm -hmm. is the founder, and his brother Ernesto Pressus formed Combaton. Um, uh, and uh, Remy came to, to the West um, and uh, Grandmaster Ernesto did still lived in the Philippines. And so they've got different flavors and, and they progress, they started very similar and they started going down their different paths. Right. Um, Modernese has um, a mo much more influence from Riku Kempo and from small circle jujitsu, whereas Combaton doesn't have those influences. So, um, but there's some really great material from Combaton, some, I mean, Modernese is the bomb and you put them together and it really makes a nice blend of a hybrid art. And so there's more than one person teaching that. Um, my teacher is one of them. Um, there's a couple others. Um, and so I'm, my husband and I were promoted last year, I guess, to uh, 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 third degree, um, which is um, in, in our parlance, um, I'm a Dayong Tatlo, and my husband is a Lacan Tatlo. Um, so we're third degree black belts under my teacher mark. Um, I am a second degree uh, black belt in a different blend of Pressus Arnis under Datu Tim Hartman of the World Modern Arnis Alliance. So they're different. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they are not the same. Right. <laughs> right. So two different versions of Pressus Arnis. Um, and I also spent, oh, I'm sorry. I, I, two times I did Taekwondo, earned blue belts in, in both of them. I also earned a blue belt in Riku Kempo. So I have a blue belt in three different empty hand styles. Two versions of Taekwondo and one of a karate. So okay. I know that's really impressive. <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, you know, it's called cross training. <laughs> well, there you go. And then um, I spent a about three years in a program in Texas that was for uh, Kobota weapons. Um, I studied uh, bow, uh, tonfa, nunchaku, and sai, and some joe, and a little bit of kama before I left. Um, my, uh, we were getting ready to pursue, um, rank in Combaton, uh, kind of filling in the gaps of things that we don't have exposure to in the blend that we'd practice. And, uh, that hopefully will be starting in the new year. So looking awesome. forward to doing that. Very, very good. You know, it is, it, you don't always have to achieve a black belt to learn. And I, I tell people this all the time. It's, it's okay. As long as you, if, if you try something and you get a certain 
certain way into it, then that's sure. great. You know, you don't have to always be the black belt, the highest rank, just get the experiences yeah. that interest you. Yeah. I am so ambivalent about rank. Yeah. Um, you know, on the one hand, you know, I think that it's got a lot of value, especially for us as Westerners, because it, it functions kind of like a goal setting and like, it's almost like a, I've written about this as being a loyalty program, right? It's like yeah. you earn, you earn these, the rank and the, all of the benefits of rank and, you know, all of those things. It's a way to help measure your progress because we are terrible judges of our own progress. And so that, right. I love that aspect of it. But, you know, at the same token, I just am not a big fan of people getting really too uppity mm -hmm. about, about yeah. rank. You know, I'm a rank this, so you, you're lower than me. So you have to do blah. I, I don't, I just. Yeah, I get it. I, get I it's just I not, it. not for me. I'm, I, I'm so, um, I'm just an egalitarian at heart mm -hmm. and it's just hard for me to, um, it's just, I, 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 I struggle with that. <laughs> That's just not yeah. my thing. Yeah, no, I know. There's, there's definitely a couple of different schools of thought when it comes to rank and in social media, I mean, rank is really built up so heavily for everything. Yeah. That's well, why this podcast, that's why in this podcast, I'm not out. I, although I, you know, I would welcome a, a woman who's well-known in martial arts sure, or sure. an actress or whatever. But it's really, this is the platform for the rest of us because, you know, I, I don't care who comes on the show. A martial art woman who practices a martial art has stories, has things to share that these stories never get told. And it, whereas for the higher rank people and the, the people who get awards all the time and all that stuff, and again, nothing sure. wrong with it, but they already have a voice. They already have platforms. They already have sure. situations where they have tons of people who hear their stories but so that's the difference. Um, here. Well, and I think it's important um, because you know, women are a minority in the martial arts mm -hmm. world as a whole. Um, I know in certain pockets, it, it's not true, but it, generally speaking, um, it's not unusual for me to go into a training situation and literally be the only woman in the room. That's very common for me. Um, it doesn't intimidate me at all, but it is common. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important for those of us who are regular folk um, to share those experiences so that there's, you know, that one woman who has the same experience I do, but maybe she's five years behind me in experience and she's feeling like, you know, will I ever be taken seriously? Um, you know, uh, yes, you know, yeah. yes, she yeah. will be. <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, it's good to have these examples for regular people to live up to versus like the super achievers of our world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of those people, they do it full time and everything they do is martial arts. I, sure. I don't, I don't do it full time. I mean, I have a full time job. Uh, exactly. so. We have jobs, we have families, yeah. we have other hobbies. Yeah. 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 We have a lot to go on. Yeah, sure. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about, I know you ran a, a martial art program and mm -hmm. then now you own a school. Mm -hmm. What are the benefits of maybe having a program versus a school only because I've recently written a book about starting sure. your own program, which I think programs are, are excellent. I would um, agree. Yeah. So share a little bit about that and um, what you did before opening your school as well. I know there's a meetup. You have a meetup. Uh, we page. did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. 
let's go through that. Sure. So we started in Texas as satellite of uh, my teacher's school. So we met on opposite nights and he taught our niece um, at another community center. Um, the martial arts program there had shut down because the person who was teaching it retired. And so they had an opening. And so we jumped into it. <laughs> we put together a proposal yeah. and we ran uh, that program for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, there are some definite pros and there's some definite cons. Uh -huh. um, the pros are you don't have to, all of the issues with things like business licenses, taxes and property, um, rental agreements, uh -huh. you know, being locked into a lease for several years, right. um, credit checks, all those things that, that are required when you have a your own location yeah. um, aren't there. And so it's really easy to get it up and running. Um, the downsides of those are that you, you typically have no control over any changes to your schedule um, because you're going to be in conflict with other things that might make more money than you. Yes. And so <laughs> whoever makes the most money is definitely going to have the most power. I mean, that's the way that goes. Mm -hmm. You will find yourself in conflict with some of the other programs. Um, for us, it was always yoga. The yoga ladies and the martial arts group, we just always found ourselves in conflict, which is a bummer, yeah. but that's just kind of how it went at this, the facility we were at. It might be different uh, in different places. Um, uh, you can't control how much you charge, um, typically, right. when you were at a community center or a rec center or a public place like that. Um, you can't control, uh, your advertising is very limited. What you can and can't do is pretty limited. And there may be big constraints on what you can and can't do, which there were for us. So there are some massive downsides. Um, the investment is little, but the ability to grow can be, can be somewhat limited depending on the location. Yes. And I you would say depending on the location, because my husband and I did a martial art program for Gosh, years and years. And uh -huh. we, they wanted to do the typical, well, we pay our staff X dollars per hour. Right, right. And we said, well, you know what? We're not just staff. We are professionals in martial arts. We're not just right. staff. We've yeah. been trained for a lifetime. And it's different than, you know, exercise instructors who also have training, but it's just yeah. different. And so exactly. we did, we did negotiate how payment would be made and it was paid yeah. it was per student yeah. it was a percentage per student not an yeah. hourly wage of some yeah. sort so yes that's I what we had there too are, there are um, some definite what, downsides yeah yeah we had the same thing but we couldn't i mean they they didn't they would not allow us to charge over a certain amount mm -hmm. um and um uh, here in Kansas City, um, I had a satellite program for a while um, at Elite Dragon Martial Arts, which is also in a facility like that, and they had the same problem. And uh, the facility raised raised the cost of martial arts lessons without even telling them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and, and then, it's not you know, ideal all the time, right? No, and then the split of 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 um, of uh, the money that goes to the facility and money goes to you can be pretty um, disadvantageous for the martial arts instructor sometimes. Mm -hmm. But at the same token, it's a matter of, you you know, it's a good way to get, it's one of the two main ways that you can get an audience going so that if you want to move into your own place, you'll have an audience to take with you. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. 
So, so tell yeah, me about I, your I, new tell me about your new school. Sure. Well, we started it using the other way. <laughs> so the <laughs> other way is that um, when we moved back to Kansas City um, in 2018, uh, within weeks we started a meetup, and I got that from uh, the Tai Chi meetup in Las Vegas, and then we also there was meetups, martial arts meetups in in Dallas Fort Worth. So um, here in Kansas City, there were a few, but not many. Um, and so we started that. We started in a public park because you can do that. <laughs> um, we started a public park on Saturday mornings and we got a couple of people and uh, we started in June. And by December, uh, it gets pretty cold here in Kansas City. But by then we'd, we'd made enough friends and networking because we were very outgoing and, you know, connections through my husband's training through Force Necessary. We made a friend who had a space, martial arts space um, that he allowed us to train in on, on Sunday mornings with some certain rules put into place because we didn't mm -hmm. charge for a meetup. So we couldn't charge for a meetup and we didn't. Um, and that's where we attracted the core of the, the, students that we have now that okay. came with us and are now paying for classes at our new school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's an excellent little marketing tip for, for the rest of yeah. our friends out there who are listening to this. I tell you, uh, meetup meet is a way to idea. go. Yeah, yeah, it's, it really is. And, um, you know, it doesn't cost very much and, uh, it's also a great tool that you can use to communicate with groups of people. So, um, I still use meetup. We still have the meetup. Um, it's changed in its nature, but I still use it to communicate with that audience. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, over time, uh, we just came to a point where we really wanted to have our own, our own space and we wanted to be able to expand our offerings um, and we didn't teach kids in the meetup um, because it was an insurance reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we decided to, you know, uh, work hard and open up our own martial arts school. And that's what we did September 1st. Well, and here, yeah, well, thank you. And it took a lot of work. We'd been looking for over a year and a half. Um, uh, I uh, had two major surgeries in the last year. And in the downtime for those surgeries, I worked on this project. Okay. Um, Excellent. Yeah. And so, it's lucky that I did because yeah. uh, I, uh, the, I signed our lease on a Saturday and then on, on Monday, which was August the 30th, I was laid off from my day job. Okay. <laughs> and oh, literally wow. I had a list. I, I kid you not like as long as my arm and I, I got laid off. I got off the phone I closed my work computer, looked at my husband and said, okay, we got to go run some errands because we got to get the school up now. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's what I did. I worked pretty much nonstop for four days to get us open. And uh, that's what happened. And it is operating now. And, you know, uh, we are uh, having to build our audience slowly um, and selling um, Filipino martial arts is a, uh, is a, is sort of a, a unicorn in the martial arts world and it appeals to a bunch of different people but it's not typically seen as a kid's style so that's mm -hmm. a big upward battle for us but we are attracting uh, more adults we actually had two people trying class today um, in our force necessary program so it's starting to, to slowly snowball um, we've got you know little goals um, for each uh, stage of the school. Um, right now we're just hoping to make it pay for itself and we know how many students that requires and we're about halfway there. Um, okay. And that's not bad. That's not bad for the first couple months. Yeah, absolutely. It'll, it'll take a little time, but I'm sure once it gets 
rolling and people are aware of it, it will, yeah. it will continue to build. So we were luck. very gratified that our meetup, our active meetup population, we retained a hundred percent of them into paid students. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's two that are inactive, uh, mainly because they are not in Kansas City right now. One is in Oregon and the other is in Norway. And it's hard for them to train from there. So when they come back, um, hopefully we'll have those back, both of them back too. And that'll keep us at 100% retention, which is, uh, it's very gratifying uh, to know that we built a program that people thought were so valuable that they got it for free and now they want to pay for it. It's I noticed that you mentioned a couple of surgeries and I know, I know you had hip surgery. Maybe a I year did. ago. A year ago. Mm -hmm. What led up to the need for that surgery? And how is your recuperation going as far as martial arts? Sure. Um, well, uh, I was in class in the summer of 2019. And I was just walking and talking like you do. And I turned and I stepped and I started limping. Uh, and it was just out of the blue. And my students two of them still train with me now. They remember the moment that, that that happened. I was just walking and then all of a sudden I started walking funny. And we thought it was complications of bursitis, which I have fought off and on um, since I did Taekwondo. Um, and uh, so I, I did treatment for that. And then um, uh, because I had so much, <laughs> I, I didn't have much impingement. I could, I had a lot of, of motion and I would, it was just the limp right? The yeah. hitch in my step, right? And uh, so they didn't suspect uh, that it needed anything other than that. And they said, well, maybe there's something torn. So then they did the MRI. And uh, uh, I will never forget it because <laughs> I didn't think it was anything serious, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, he calls me. He says, um, we need you to come in to talk about the results of your MRI. They never tell you good news <laughs> when that happens, right? Right, so right. I'm like, oh, okay. So I came in and it turned out um, I did have a small tear that was causing the limp, but I actually had a ginormous arthritic cyst destroying my hip, my hip. Oh, wow. Completely. It was destroying it um, utterly. And he said, the only way to fix this, because um, I, I develop, I have kidney disease, so I can't take things like anti-inflammatories. And he said, we, we would attempt a conservative treatment of anti-inflammatories, but you can't do that. So all we can do now is replace the whole darn thing. And it, I was stunned. I couldn't believe it. I, I, I was absolutely shocked. Um, so uh, uh, I had that replacement done on, on November 11th. Uh, 2020 uh, in the height of COVID of all things. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. That was a different experience, but um, uh, it was, it was so gratifying and so awesome to be a part of this martial arts community because teachers and friends and all the connections that I've made through the blog and through just training over time uh, came out of the woodwork. You know, hip replacement is like, if you train, uh, you just budget for it. Cause apparently a hip replacement is going to happen. Yeah. everybody's got hip replacement. <laughs> sometimes both of them, sometimes more than once. Yeah. I, and I'm like, wow, I didn't realize it was that common. And just people come out of the woodwork to tell me their stories and to give me ideas for recovery and support. And it was, it was really, really, really helpful. Oh, that's, um, that's awesome. In the moment, um, I felt like it took forever. Um, but in, yeah. in retrospect, 
I recovered pretty quickly. Um, I was not teaching, but I was in attendance at uh, our meetup uh, two weeks after my surgery. Um, okay. And I, because I, I felt like I needed to move a little, right? Um, as soon as I got off of a walker, <laughs> I was I was there. And uh, I, I worked my way back in. And I would say I was starting to train again. They released me to do it uh, by January. So, um, but before then, I might have cheated a little. Yeah. Um, you know, like we do. But um, I didn't go overboard. I was really conservative with it. And I did all of the, PT, you know, I did all the movement, and all the things you're supposed to do and all the things that people suggested. And I recovered very quickly. Um, now, the ironic thing is that um, I was actually in the process of trying to get my shoulder diagnosed for shoulder pain, which had been going on since the summer of 2019. And uh, the hip kind of uh, interrupted the treatment of that. And then I ended up having shoulder surgery in July of this year. And uh, that is about probably 85%. Um, I, I still get pain in it um, just from training, but I, my stamina is back uh, in a way that it hasn't been in a couple of years. So that's oh, pretty awesome. Okay. Yeah. I'm able to like train, train now. And uh, like this week um, we were doing staff material and I was swinging a staff a lot and it was just a little bit overdone. Um, so I, I had a little bit of short, uh, sh uh, soreness in my shoulder, but um, it's doing way better than I had, uh, I, I was thinking it was going to. So I feel good about that. So mm -hmm. I just had tears repaired and a couple of spurs removed and, you know, all this stuff that we martial artists accumulate in our shoulders and our hips. And I'm just waiting for the knee. The knee's got to be the next one, right? Because yeah, that's what everybody yeah, does. They right. do shoulders, they do hips, they do knees. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad you're recuperating well. Is Were these surgeries or other obstacles, were you able, do you feel like you're able to recuperate and overcome them? Not just because you're physically fit, but is there a martial art mindset that you use in life, absolutely. you know, when you're facing obstacles? Yeah. Yes. I would absolutely think yes. Um, and it was funny. My, my um, hip surgeon uh, commented on this. Um, I, I'm younger than most people who get hip surgeries because um, I'm only in my fifties, um, yeah. which is weird to think that I'm young, but okay. Right. <laughs> I'll take it <laughs> right on. You're right. I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm card me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, uh uh, he thought that um, my recovery was, uh, now I have a side effect. I get inflammation longer than most people do because I move around a lot because mm -hmm. that's going to be a side effect. It's just inflammation. Sit on a heating pad over time. It will get better. Um, so uh, other than that, um, he, uh, I, I, because I have the habits of martial arts, which is, you know, you go to the thing, you do the thing, you practice the thing, you do the thing at home, right? Yeah. Get into this habit of, of living physically. Um, and I think that that helped with recovery. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Sure. So let's segue really into my last question that I'm going to ask today. Okay. And this is the, the martial art woman based question that I ask a lot. And why do you think it's important for women to learn a martial art? I know self-defense is important. So that's often yeah, a response. It is. Do you have um, any other thoughts? I do. And and I think too often we focus on the self-defense physical mm -hmm. side of things. And for me, it's a self-defense mindset. 
right? Mm -hmm. It's being confident in your own physical space and, and uh, owning it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, not being uh, afraid uh, or feel like you're not able to defend your personal space. Um, and that mindset of, of uh, uh, confidence that helps you not be passive. Because I think one of the, the things we struggle with is that our culture um, rewards uh, women being passive um, in uh, times of conflict. Um, and, and I think that's changing. I think it's getting better, but that's absolutely been, uh, something that's been a hallmark of our culture for a long time. Um, and so getting, getting out of that passive into an active mindset helps a lot more of us, um, create an environment where it's not acceptable for people to victimize other people. Um, they're not going to get away with it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I like that idea. Um, and I also believe that um, martial arts training in general gives you such that powerful, we talked about it earlier, that powerful sense injection of um, self uh, confidence and self worth and empowerment. Right. And I think, I think everyone needs that, but I think um, it, it's got kind of a special um, uh, little oomph for a lot of women who don't feel like they're physically confident, you know, they're mm -hmm. physically competent that they uh, uh, that's not their area of expertise. Their area, their area of expertise might be artistic or emotional or, you know, written, but their physicality is not as important. And I think owning that and that sense of empowerment is massively uh, a plus um, in everyday living. Um, I absolutely believe that's to be true. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. There's, there's so much that martial arts do for, for women and it's far beyond just the physical, but absolutely. Um, and you made some and, great points. And each one of us can train for our own reasons. Some of mm -hmm. us like to fight. Some of us like to, you know, uh, just control space. Like you like to do forms, right? Yeah. I don't. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think you either really, do or you don't. <laughs> really don't. Um, yeah. I like hitting stuff, right? Yeah. But there's room for both of us in the martial arts world, right? Yeah. Some people yeah. like to do it as a vehicle to health. That's that's how I entered the space. That's not why I do it now, but that's the that's yeah. how I got here. Yeah. And that's yeah. cool too. Um, I think this idea that that um some people want to try to put this idea that martial arts has to be only for fighting deathly. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's not true. It's just not. And um, I think that uh, is such a narrow uh, a viewpoint. And that's not, that's, that's so limiting in the greater martial arts world. Yeah. Well, that's a great uh, way to close out our podcast today. I really Ooh. like your insights and I appreciate you being on the show. I have your links. I'll be posting those with the podcast and I really appreciate it, Jackie. I know it, it took a lot of time this morning and I'm excited to share your story uh, on the martial arts woman podcast. So thank you again. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun.